ಪದಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪೃಷ್ಠಾಯ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತಿ ಭಕ್ತಿವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮೀನಿ ನಾಮಿನೆ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ದೇವಿ ಗೌರವಾನಿ ಪ್ರಚಾರಿಣೆ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷ ಶೂನ್ಯವಾದಿ ಪಾಶ್ಚತ್ತಿಣೆ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭುನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀ ಅದ್ವೈತ ಗದಾಧಾರ ಶಿವಾಶದಿ ಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸೋ ವಿಆರ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಕವರ್ಡ್ ಅಪ್ ಟು third chapter of the first volume of brihad bhagavata amrita yesterday and this first chapter first volume is actually describing narad muni's search for the best recipient of krishna's mercy the devotee is seeking for krishna's mercy the greater the devotee more advanced the devotee the greater he becomes a recipient of krishna's mercy so narad muni is searching actually for the greatest devotee and his search began in prayag in elahabad where ganga jamuna and saraswati these three rivers meet in the confluence of prayag in the month of magh they they celebrate the magh mela there the festival in the month of magh 
and all the great sages, all the great devotees, great Vaishnavas assembled there to worship Madhav. Uh, Krishna is present in Prayag as Madhav, Vindu Madhav. And in that assembly, Narada found that all the devotees are glorifying each other as the greatest recipient of Krishna's mercy. And by nature, the devotees generally are humble. They don't accept glorification. They don't even want to be recognized as a devotee. At the most, they admit that they are aspiring to become a devotee, trying to become a devotee. So, in this way, they were, Narad Muni decided to find out who is actually, because the devotees are so humble, it's very difficult to recognize a devotee. Therefore, Narad Muni decided to find out who is actually the greatest devotee. So at that time, Narad Muni saw that the leader of the Brahmanas in that area came to the bank of the Ganges and started to worship the Lord as the Shaligram Shila. He was very opulent. That Brahman was uh, very opulent and very he made nice arrangements for the worship and he after elaborate worship he offered various uh, foodstuffs to the Lord and then he distributed that food prasad remnants of the Lord to all the Vaishnavas there Brahmanas there then he uh, also fed the other people, those who were present there, even the outcasts got the prasad, even the animals got the prasad. And then after distributing the prasad to all, he actually sat with his family and honored the prasad. Seeing his devotion, Narad Muni considered him to be the greatest devotee. So Narad Muni request, told him that you are the greatest devotee. But the Brahma and Narad Muni told him why he was the greatest devotee because he is using all his assets in serving the Lord. Everything that he has, he is engaging that in the service of the Lord. And then he is distributing the mercy of the Lord to everybody. So this is the sign of a great devotee. But the Brahmana told Narad Muni that actually he is not a devotee. He is simply executing his duty as a Brahmana. The Brahmana's duty <coughs> is to worship the Lord and as a result of that he is worshipping him. 
the real devotee is the king in south india and he is so opulent and he is so powerful he is so influential and although he is such a great king he is serving the lord in such a wonderful way so narad muni he told narad muni to go there and uh, see the lord there how he is being worshiped and <clears throat> then narad muni went to south india to the king and there he saw the grand temple and how wonderfully king is actually arranging for the service to the lord and how he is making all his citizens devotees of the lord so seeing that narad muni became very excited and he started to glorify the king but the king in a very humble way said no 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 what greatness did you see in me what opulence did you see in me after all i am just a ordinary human being and what is the extent of my opulence rather the real devotees are the demigods in heaven because they have such brilliant bodies they have such long duration of life and their opulence cannot be measured by any material calculation and among all the demigods indra is the greatest so in this way he suggested that indra is the greatest devotee and the lord is so pleased with him that he himself appeared as his brother younger brother baman dev upendra upendra means younger brother of indra and the lord personally accepts indra's worship to him so in this way the king started to glorify indra as the greatest devotee so narad muni immediately went to the heavenly planet and he started to glorify indra he saw how the lord was sitting next to indra and he was accepting indra's worship and assuring indra indra there is nothing to worry about don't ever be afraid of the demons i will always protect you and in this way the lord was also assuring indra bestowing his mercy upon him personally so then uh, narad muni after the lord left and left that assembly narad muni approached indra and started to glorify him as the greatest devotee so indra became very embarrassed told narad muni that please don't speak like that like you consider me to be a devotee like just consider how often i offended the lord and he started to mention about the incidences 
like how when the lord was lord instead of worship he instruct the how the lord instructed the residents of golok vrindavan instead of worshiping indra to worship giriraj govardhan and indra became so upset that he just wanted to destroy vrindavan and how the lord protected the residents of vrindavan and vanquished his pride van defeated his pride for 7 days he held govardhan and in this way indra started to tell about various activities how he offended the lord and then indra actually pointed out that actually your father brahma is the greatest devotee so then narad muni went to satyaloka and approached lord brahma and started to glorify him as the greatest devotee brahma also refused to accept that recognition rather he chastised narad narad so many times i have to tell you that i am not the greatest the greatest devotee is lord shiva and brahma started to explain to narad that how he also offended the lord so many times by giving boons to the demons like hiranyakashipu who caused so much distress to a devotee like prahlad he was an enemy of krishna and eventually krishna had to come and kill him as lord nishingadev he also mentioned about the incident when he stole krishna's cows krishna's cowherd boyfriends just to test who krishna who this young who this little boy was and in this way brahma also started to mention that so many times he offended the lord and he is not he said that he is not a recipient of the lord's mercy then brahma indicated that lord shiva is the greatest devotee because he is a friend of the lord and he started to describe how lord shiva is the greatest devotee so then narad muni went to shiva loka and started to glorify lord shiva who was dancing in ecstasy singing the glory of the lord but when narad started to glorify him as the greatest devotee lord shiva stopped dancing and he started to chastise narad narad what are you talking about me the greatest devotee i fought with the lord as his enemy so many times failing to recognize his identity when my devotee vana 
offended the Lord by arresting Aniruddha I'm sorry Pradumna then I went and fought against the Lord but the Lord smashed my pride when Kasiraj challenged the Lord then thinking that that person is my devotee Kashiraj I sided with him and in this way Lord Shiva also started to describe his failing and then Lord Shiva started to glorify the residence of Vaikuntha as the greatest devotee and he explained they are such de great devotees that the Lord is always with them and they are constantly serving the Lord in pure devotion so when uh, in this way Lord Shiva was glorifying the residence of Vaikuntha as the greatest devotee then Lakshmi Devi admitted I'm sorry Parvati Lord Shiva's consort uh, admitted that actually Lakshmi Devi is the greatest devotee in Vaikuntha so Narad Muni was about to go to Vaikuntha then Lord Shiva stopped him he said Narad actually the greatest devotee is Prahlad the Lord showered his mercy so much upon him he saved him from so many calamities and he showered so much affection which he doesn't didn't otherwise showered upon anyone so when uh, then hearing Prahlad's glory Narad Muni went to Sutala Loka where Prahlad Maharaj was So going to Prahlad Maharaj, Narad Muni started. So now the fourth chapter is describing Narad Muni's meeting with Prahlad Maharaj. Up to third chapter, we, these are the descriptions like earthly devotion heavenly devotion and beyond the material nature and then he is coming to a devotee bhakta so Prahlad uh, is a pure devotee of the Lord then <clears throat> upon hearing the glorification of Prahlad Maharaj from Lord Shiva Narad Muni immediately went to Sutala Loka at that time Prahlad as the best of the Vaishnavas was in a secluded place absorbed in the loving meditation on the Lord's lotus feet Narad Muni 
and seeing Narad Muni, uh, Prahlad Maharaj immediately got up and offered obeisances to him. But Narad Muni refused to accept Prahlad's obeisances uh, and uh, he came close to him and so he actually offered obeisances to Prahlad. Then he embraced Prahlad Maharaj. So when Narad Muni started to glorify Prahlad Maharaj as the greatest devotee, Prahlad Maharaj very humbly admitted that what great devotion you saw in me, like in a childish way, I developed some attachment to the Lord. And my father was inimical to the Lord and when he saw that I became a devotee of Vishnu, then he wanted to correct me. And when he failed to correct me, then he decided to kill me. So at that time, out of his uh, natural affection, the Lord protected me time and time again. A devotee is the one who renders service to the Lord. Uh, what service did I render to him? I did not render any service to him. And then, uh, after the Lord killed my father, he offered his kingdom to me and I became the king and I became so absorbed in my royal responsibilities that where is the time for devotion service? Sometimes I just meditate upon his lotus feet but I cannot render service to him as such. A devotee is the one who renders service so consider Hanuman the service that he rendered to the Lord. He carried a mountain. He jumped across the ocean. When he was a little child, he was blessed by all the demigods and received all kinds of boons from them. The power of Hanuman, the ability of Hanuman is inconceivable. And with that inconceivable power, he rendered so much service to the Lord. So in this way, he started to glorify Hanuman as the greatest devotee. So, then hearing that, Narad Muni decided to go to uh, Hanuman. In King Purusha Varsha and uh, when Narad Muni arrived there he found that uh, uh, that Hanuman is singing the glory of Lord Ramchandra playing uh, singing and dancing and seeing that Narad Muni coming, singing the glory of the Lord, playing on his veena, 
Hanuman became so excited that he jumped and uh, met Narad Muni in the mid-air. And they and he embraced Narad Muni. And is, they stood there in the space for some time in that way. Standing in the sky, Narad Muni was overjoyed. With his feet he danced and with his hands he wiped the flood of loving tears from the eyes of the Lord of the Monkeys. Sharing Hanuman's loving mood of ecstasy, Narad Muni started to speak in a loud voice. Narad Muni started to praise Hanuman. Truly, you are the dearest devotee of the Lord. Today, just seeing you, I too have become dear to the Lord. And when Hanuman heard that, Hanuman became sober. Uh, he controlled his, as if his ecstasy was gone. He came back to his senses. And he bowed down to Narad Muni to show respect to him. He greeted him with reverence and brought him to the temple of Lord Ramchandra. And Narad Muni paid respect to the Lord in Hanuman's temple and Hanuman arranged for Narad Muni to be seated. And Narad Muni then started to tell him that you are the greatest recipient of the mercy of the Supreme Lord. No one can compare to you. You are always immersed in an ocean of ecstatic worship of the Lord. Enjoying the newer and newer ecstasy every moment. You are the Lord's servant. You are his friend. You are his carrier. You are his seat. You are his flag. You are his umbrella, you are his canopy, you are his advisor, you are his doctor, because Hanuman brought the medicine huh, for him. You are his general, you are his best helper, you are the expander of his infinite glories. So this is how Hanuman served Lord Ramchandra. When Lord Ramchandra was fighting, then Hanuman, Ravan had elaborate arrangements, his chariot and things. So Hanuman carried Ramchandra and Ramchandra fought. So this is how Hanuman became Lord's carrier. He became his his seat. He became his flag. He, he was his friend. And in this way, Narad Muni declared that he was the greatest recipient of the Lord's mercy.
and he considered him that you are even a greater your uh, your service to the lord is even greater than garuda's indeed your devotion for the lord is absolutely pure for you consider nothing more valuable than the pleasure of serving him in this way narad muni started to glorify hanuman uh, how he brought the message of sita devi how he burnt lanka alone he wiped out one regiment of ravana's army just alone hanuman so powerful and then uh, hanuman allowed himself to be arrested to find out uh, ravana's strength ravan couldn't actually arrest hanuman when indrajit used brahmastra in order to show respect to brahma he allowed hanuman allowed himself to be arrested and when he was arrested then they decided ravan decided to kill hanuman but bibishan said he is a messenger the messenger should be killed then it was decided that his tail should be burnt because the monkeys take pride upon on their tails so that would be a proper way to deal with him but when they caught his tail into fire they lit fire on his tail wrapping a huge amount of cloth and pouring Uh, inflammable objects like uh, oil and things then hanuman started to jump from one palace to another and in this way hanuman burnt the whole of lanka lanka was made of made of gold the houses there was made of gold uh, swarna lanka golden lanka so in this way hanuman burnt the whole of lanka and it has been described that the gold after melting due to the burning of the palaces all the cities all the the whole city was destroyed all the houses were burnt and there was a river of gold that was flowing into the ocean so that is how hanuman actually burnt the whole of and then went back and reported to lord ramchandra that he found sita hanuman was also ready to carry sita on his back come i will carry you across the ocean to ramchandra sita refused no i cannot touch any other male sita was so chaste and the other point that sita devi gave was that i want lord ramchandra to come and rescue me uh, if you rescue me then it will be an insult to lord ramchandra as if he was not capable to rescue me so uh, these are the points that sita devi gave so 
So Hanuman went and reported to Lord Ramchandra. He told what happened. And this way Lord Ramchandra was so pleased with Hanuman that he embraced Hanuman. So describing that, Narad Muni told that you are the greatest recipient of the Lord's mercy. <clears throat> Upon hearing all that, uh, Hanuman started to cry. He said, as it is, I am burning from the agony of separation from the Lord. Now why are you igniting the fire even more by saying all these things? If I was the recipient of his mercy, then why did he leave me? He took everybody with him to Vaikuntha. But he left me behind. Of course, Ramchandra wanted Hanuman to stay back to sing his glory and spread his devotion. So this is how sometimes the Lord wants the preachers to stay on this planet. The others get liberation, but he doesn't give liberation. Others are taken back to Godhead, but the preachers are not taken back to Godhead. Because he wants them to stay and the preachers, the devotees are happy serving the Lord wherever they are. But Hanuman was feeling intense separation from the Lord. He was such a great devotee that a moment's separation from him was burning his heart in agony. And in this way Hanuman cried for a while. And then Narad Muni calmed him and spoke. Hanuman said, O best of the sages, Narad Muni, why are you doing to doing this to such a wretch devoid of the lotus feet of Sri Ramchandra? Why do you make me cry by reminding me of how the Lord has neglected me? You are saying that I am the recipient of his mercy, but actually I am the recipient of his neglect. If I am really the Lord's servant, then why did he forcibly abandon me when he took with him his, to his spiritual kingdom <coughs> his dear devotees, Sugriva and all the residents of Koshala? You are very kind to me because you have the good fortune to engage in his service. You conclude that the Lord has given me his favor. Then Hanuman started to tell Narad Muni that actually the Pandavas are the greatest devotee of the Lord because he is always with them. Pandavas are getting his constant association. The Lord is present there uh, in Dwarka. And he started to describe how the Pandavas are the greatest devotee of the Lord. 
he acted as their servant advisor messenger charioteer and court attendant he kept watch for them at night followed them on processions and even offered them praise and obeisances out of his affectionate concern for them what would the lord not do for them he was seen taking the combined role of their servant companion and dear most friend and they took the same role for him so this is how uh, the lord and the pandavas reciprocated with each other because the lord resides constantly with the pandavas their capital city has become like a sacred forest where great sages perform austerities and residing in the city uh, one receives the same pious benefits as performing austere acts of penance <clears throat> upon hearing these words narad became uncontrollably eager to see the lotus feet of krishna who was present with the pandavas and he went wanted he simply went to the pandavas and so in this way narad muni now approached the pandavas when he arrived there yudhishthir maharaj just was consulting with his inner circle about how to see krishna by bringing him on the pretext of some sacrifice or calamity yudhishthir maharaj eager to see krishna was considering how to bring him to hastinapur i'm sorry indraprastha now at that time he was in hastinapur actually and you're saying that either Now, uh, if we perform a sacrifice, then the Lord will come, or if there is some great calamity, then the Lord will come. Uh, but upon seeing Narad Muni, he immediately stood up with his brother, mother, and wives. As Yudhishthir eagerly rushed forward to meet him, Narad Muni came close and bowed down. Uh, here we can see. narad muni although the guru of all uh, he is offering obeisances to yudhishthir maharaj and the other pandava then narad muni continued to glorify the pandavas oh saintly pandavas is anyone bold enough to let let his tongue describe the unique love of krishna that each of you has or has or the special mercy he bestowed upon you your mother pritha once heard from the mouth of akrura a single statement by krishna sweet with affection and meant to console her 
As soon as she heard it, she plunged into a swiftly flowing current of prema. That is how great was Kunti's love for Krishna. And he, Narad Muni, started to describe the glories of the Pandavas. Krishna bestowed upon Yudhishthir the highest prestige, greater than that of anyone else in the upper or lower worlds. And by favors like allowing Bhima to kill Jarashandha, Krishna granted Bhima unequal fame because no one could kill Jarasandha. But Krishna made Bhim kill Jarasandha and this way uh, he allowed him to have the unique fame as a warrior. Saintly Arjun became renowned throughout the world for his intimate friendship with Krishna. I can never sing all the glories of Arjun even if I recite hundreds of Puranas. And as for Nakul and Sahadev, everyone has seen many times how fixed they are in love for Krishna, as shown, for example, by how those twins behaved in the deliberation on whom to worship first in the Rajasuya. When Rajasuya Yagya was performed by Yudhishthir Maharaj, in the Jagya, one aspect of the Jagya is to receive the most honorable person and uh, offer him uh, Argha Puja, Argha. Uh, the most exalted personality is offered the Argha, the worship in the assembly. At that time, there was a consideration who is the most exalted personality? Different people consider different people. Uh, Vasudev was there, Bhishma was there, uh, all other exalted personalities were present. And at that time, Nakul and Sahadev started to glorify Krishna. That Krishna is the most honorable person. <laughs> Naturally. But only a devotee knows the glory of Krishna. A devotee could recognize Krishna. Otherwise, Krishna at that time was treated like an ordinary human being. Krishna was Pandava's cousin. Uh, Krishna was a son of Devaki and Vasudev. Krishna grew up in the Vrindavan, although a Kshatriya, instead of getting Kshatriya training, he spent his childhood in a forest of Vrindavan with the Vaishyas, and all he did is tended cows, was not even treated, was not even grew up like a, like a warrior, Kshatriya. So in this way, different people saw Krishna in a different way. But Sahadev started to glorify Krishna. Look, this is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
from his activities you can see that consider his vrindavan pastimes indra was embarrassed brahma was made to realize his own mistake and eventually they recognize krishna as the supreme personality of god why don't you all also see that that here is the supreme personality of god do you think brahma was wrong do you think krishna do you think indra was wrong do you think all these demigods were wrong do you think all these sages were wrong do you think lord shiva was wrong so why don't you just accept but the demons are so unfortunate huh, that they can't receive and act according to good advice in bengali there is a saying chore na shone dharmer kahini a thief doesn't listen to the purports of the scriptures a thief is not interested in the uh, wise advice that has been presented in the scriptures the demons cannot recognize the supreme personality of god it no matter what they are so proud demon means materialistic people those who are most materialistic they actually act like a demon we are seeing that today the whole world today is full of demons uh, they may not have horns and canine teeth and uh, claws and uh, hideous form uh, they may look like ordinary human being they may be situated in big big exalted position but actually from their actions one can see that they are demons the world today is full of demons but chaitanya mahaprabhu sankirtan movement is so wonderful that this movement even converts a demon to be a devotee and the greatest demons jagai and madhai hiranyakashipu and hiranyaksha became devotees so that is chaitanya mahaprabhu's mercy that is shila prabhupada's mercy converting the demons into devotees so <clears throat> i'm just looking at the time and i'm wondering how i'm going to finish it Uh, because at the same time i can't even cut it short because uh, these informations are so important and anyway let me see if i can go fast so <clears throat> go quickly through these passages so this way uh, narad muni started to glorify uh, the pandavas and then he also uh, glorified draupadi that krishna treated her as a friend and addressed draupadi my dear friend and krishna showed his mercy in such a wonderful way to draupadi 
Whenever Draupadi remembered Krishna, Krishna immediately came. When she was being uh, insulted in the assembly by uh, Dushashan and other demons there, Krishna came to protect her. When Durvasa came with 64,000 disciples to be fed, when Pandavas were in the forest and there was no food, then Krishna came to their rescue, protected them. Krishna with his own hand washed the hair of Draupadi. So in this way, Actually, Draupadi took a vow because Dushashan caught her by her hair. And Draupadi took a vow that until that time that that person is killed, I am not going to tie my hair. She kept her hair loose all this time. Bhima took a vow that he will drink his blood. He will kill him and he would drink his blood. And he did that. Uh, Bhima tore open Dushashan's chest. And the blood that was oozing out, Bhima was drinking that. Of course, it has been said that it touched his lips, but it didn't go beyond that. <laughs> so this is how Krishna made them uh, keep their vows. Because the situation was so tense. They all were so angry, but they could not break the normal code of conduct. Because they have been conquered by uh, Durjadhan in that game of dice. Because they have become his servants, they could not fight with him. And they took advantage of that. They dragged Draupadi and wanted to insult her wanted to disrobe her in public. But they couldn't do anything. But they actually took a vow that the time will come. When the time will come, I will, I will take revenge. So, <clears throat> So then, Yudhishthir huh, uh, Maharaj mentioned that how uh, it is just Krishna's, Krishna's uh, uh, compassion upon them that they took, uh, that they acted, that he acted in that way, always protecting them. Uh, it is due to, and then finally, I'm just going quickly now. Finally, Kunti Devi actually told uh, that, uh, that actually the greatest recipient of Krishna's mercy are the Jadus. Uh, they are uh, his relatives. And Krishna is always there in Dwarka with them. So upon hearing them, Narad Muni went to Dwarka to be with the Jadus and see Krishna there. So, <clears throat> after, so he went there 
and he saw King Ugrashen sitting in Sudharma assembly. The Sudharma assembly was brought from heaven. Krishna got it from heaven and he brought two things from heaven to Dwarka. Sudhamra Sudharma assembly and Parijata tree. So, and there he started to glorify the Jadavas that they are the greatest recipient of Krishna's mercy. But then King Ugrasen told that actually among the Jodhus, Uddhav is the greatest recipient of Krishna's mercy. He is uh, Krishna's friend. He is Krishna's advisor, minister, uh, Krishna's messenger. And he is always with Krishna. He, is, he stays with Krishna, serving him. And actually from his childhood he has developed this attachment to Krishna. When the children play with toys, Uddhava was playing uh, in worshipping Krishna. So great was his attachment to Krishna. And Krishna also reciprocated, like he offered him the greatest uh, position. And Uddhava is with Krishna all the time. It has been described, uh, Krishna when he goes to sleep, uh, Uddhava massages his feet and then when he falls asleep, he places Krishna's head on his lap. And even if he goes home, he goes home after Krishna falls asleep. And he comes back before Krishna wakes up. So this is the glory uh, of Uddhava's devotion to Krishna and how he is the greatest recipient of Krishna's mercy. <coughs> and so hearing Ugrasen's words, Naradmuni went to the inner house of the Dwarka palace where Krishna was. And it, but that when he went there, Narad Muni was ecstatic uh, hearing Uddhav's glory. Where is Uddhav? Uh, Uddhav is with Krishna. Last night Uddhav didn't go home. He just stayed there. So, if you want to meet Uddhav, don't go to his house. Go to the inner part of the palace where Krishna is. And by the way, tell him that it's already quite late. So, tell Uddhav to bring Krishna quickly to the assembly because everyone is waiting for him. So, upon hearing Uddhava's devotion, Narad Muni became so ecstatic that he started, he was he couldn't walk properly. His feet were trembling. He was as if he was falling off. He couldn't control himself. And playing on his bina, singing the glory of the Lord and his devotees, Narad Muni, approached the inner part of the palace where Krishna was. And he found 
that Krishna didn't wake up. For some reason, disturbed in mind and asleep in the inner quarter, then uh, Uddhava had left him and sat down nearby on a terrace because Krishna was still lying in bed. And there Uddhava was joined by Balaram, Devaki and Rohini and the queens like Rukmini and Sattabhama as well as various maidservants and other ladies including Kamsa's mother Paddhavati. So they were sitting in the terrace, nearby terrace and they were talking among themselves. All of them sat there in silent, in shock. But when they saw that Narad Muni was, has arrived and he was in an ecstatic, he was acting strange. Uh, Narad Muni was walking as if uh, he couldn't move properly. Uh, just like a drunkard moves, <laughs> he was, Narad Muni was moving like that in ecstasy. So that's why they felt that they were quite shocked to see Narad Muni in that strange condition. Standing up, they brought him carefully to where they had been sitting. They took a moment to restore him to a condition closer to normal and wiped dry his face because his face was uh, wet with tears, tears of love. Then they spoke to him simply and gently. They said, we have never seen you behave like this. What is this sudden change in you, dear Brahmana? Please sit here for a moment. Narad replied in a choking voice, tears flowing from his eyes as he began to speak. He opened his eyes with difficulty and bowed down to offer respects. He was trembling and the hairs on his body stood erect. Narad Muni continued, began to speak. Please arrange for me to meet Uddhava. The only true object of exquisite good fortune. Or else let me have from his feet one particle of dust. Then alone will my heart be at peace. He has received an abundance of our Lord's mercy, never gained by the Lord's other servants in the past or even now. Because Uddhava is the greatest of all Vaishnavas, the Lord himself calls Uddhava one of his own special expansions. No one has ever been as dear to the Lord. Neither the Lord's direct sons like Brahma, nor friends like Lord Shiva, nor brothers like Balaram, nor the goddess Rama, Lakshmi Devi, or the Lord's other wives. Not even his own unique transcendental body as dear as Uddhava is. Krishna himself admitted that. That Uddhava is more dear to him than his own body. 
the supreme lord's own words disclosed in the puranas tell the abounding glories of uddhava's good fortune then impelled by being uh, impelled by narad muni's words in this way uddhava suddenly stood up held narada's feet and embraced them he just held his feet and embraced them <laughs> my lord what are you saying <laughs> aware of what narada was thinking uddhava remembered many devotees who had received the lord's special favor as uddhava meditated on those devotees their love for the lord and their wealth of their loving ecstasies he felt distressed thinking himself fallen uh, and cried helplessly only with some effort was he able to regain his composure then he became joyful and spoke to the sage moved by the sattvika emotion of jealousy uddhava uh, told o mighty one knower of everything most truthful speaker greatest of the sages you are the master who teaches the means and the end of bhakti devotional service to the supreme lord all you just said about me and more is self evident to me i knew it was true before you said it and so did others what i saw with my own eyes during my recent trip to brajer took my pride in my special good fortune has been suddenly crushed to dust uddhav also used to think that he was the greatest devotee but when he went to vrindavan then his pride was smashed by seeing the devotion of the residents of vrindavan since then i have understood the amazing sweetness of krishna's mercy of love for him and of those who possess that love just by what i saw in braja i came to be most blessed i was swept away in an ocean of ecstasy thinking myself completely favored by the lord a recipient of his mercy the most his most extreme mercy and in this way he started to describe and then rohini then rohini devi uh, told that because she lived in gokul for a long time uh, is resident held her in high regards she rohini devi said alas dear servants of hari the residents of braja have been have by evil fate been all but slain they have lost the last trace of good fortune 
and are drowning in an ocean of gloom. There they suffer, poisoned and scorched in the flames of an underwater of fire. So please do not destroy my moment of happiness by reminding me of them. Rohini Devi is saying that reminding the residents of Braja uh, brings such pain to her heart uh, that uh, she loses her composer, she loses her ecstasy, happiness. When Sri Boshudev brought me back from Gokul, the cities of the greatly distraught Jashoda made even stones shed tears and lightning bolts shatter and who can let the mouth speak about the other women of Braja who after Krishna left became like living dead bodies. Then Rukmini said, my dear mother, you don't understand the inner feelings of Krishna at all. His heart is softer than newly churned butter. Why are you saying these things? Just hear from me what I have heard. Sometimes at night, he says this and that is in his sleep. So when Krishna is asleep, in his sleep he calls out to the residents of Vrindavan. As if Krishna goes to Vrindavan, and there he calls out to the residents, the cows, the cowherd boys, his mother and father and the gopis in such a loving way. So Rukmini Devi admitted, yes, I know Krishna's love for the residents of Vrindavan. And he calls his girlfriends or some of the cowherd boys and sometimes while asleep he acts as if you are placing his flute to his mouth and assumes his enchanting threefold bending form. While asleep, he sometimes says, Mother, give me some fresh butter. <laughs> sometimes he calls out to me, O Sri Radha, O Sri Lalita. Sometimes he pulls on my garment and asks me, Chandravali, what are you doing? And sometimes he drenches the pillow on his bed with flood of tears. So that is how Krishna was in Dwarka. Krishna is missing Vrindavan so much. Then at times he suddenly wakes up, rises from bed and cries in pitiful voice drowning us in an ocean of pain and grief. Just last night he must have seen something in a dream because today he has been weeping sorrowfully and is beside himself with agitation. Now he is lying in bed as if asleep, his cloth pulled over his head. He has not even performed his morning duties. Although it's so late in the day, Krishna didn't wake up. Krishna didn't leave his bed. <clears throat> and in this way, then Balaram blamed Krishna. 
Balaram said that during darling son of Rohit, okay, Balaram said, dear ladies, all this is nothing but my brother's clever deception. <coughs> this is nothing but my brother's clever deception. We are, in a, we are intent upon speaking about the misery of the residents of Braja, misery, for, misery all too real. And he is simply cheating us. I stayed there in Braja for two months and tried to restore Brajavasis to normal. But nothing I said or did was of any avail. Seeing no other way to achieve my purpose, I made hundreds of promises to them and with great effort finally consoled them to some extent. Then I managed to pull myself away and buried and hurried back here. I anxiously requested, Krishna, please find some excuse to go to your cowherd village just once and save the lives of the people there. I have been telling Krishna, Krishna, go to Vrindavan. Uh, find some time and go to Vrindavan because they all are like dead due to your absence from there. They are living uh, corpses, living dead bodies. And uh, he would say, Krishna would say, Certainly I shall go. But in his heart, he thought otherwise. Although Krishna would say that, yes, certainly I will go, but he doesn't go. So certainly in his heart he has some huh, other feelings. Indeed, the truth about a person's mind can be known from how he acts. Hearing this, the personality of Godhead, who is ruled by the love of those dear to him, suddenly got up from his bed and came outside loudly weeping. Krishna started to cry, came out crying. And <clears throat> from his fully blossoming lotus eyes rained a flood of tears, rained a flood of tears. With a choking voice, Tormented by compassion for others, he spoke as follows. Yes, it is true. My heart is made of solid diamond. It must be so because it has not yet split in half. It didn't split in, into pieces. It didn't break into pieces. My heart is so hard as if it has been made with the hardest material, diamond. Those devotees took care of me for so long, from the very beginning of my childhood, and still I have forgotten all about their exceptional love. But that, uh, as it may, I must somehow do something to help them. I have indeed been cruel to have caused his gentle soul such extreme grief. O oh, brother Uddhav, you know everything and you are the best of my dear friends. 
Please tell me at once what I should do. Please lift me from this ocean of distress. So Krishna was appealing to Uddha, please tell me what I should do now. So, <clears throat> Uddhava then advised Krishna to return to Vraja. Although the personality of God, then Uddhava uh, heard these words, he pretended he had not driven by sorrow, he then inquired from Uddhava and though as though ignorant. The Supreme Lord said, Oh, best of the learned scholars, you know all the thoughts of the residents of Raja. Please tell me without delay what it is they desire. Uddhava was taken aback. He shied briefly and then answered full of remorse. He, Uddhava said, The people of Braja don't want from you the power and wealth of emperors, nor the enjoyment found in heaven, nor anything else obtainable in this world or the next. They desire nothing else but you. Kindly favor me with your attention. Think over what I am about to say and then act as you see fit. Before, when the cowherds met Nanda and saw the jewels and other gifts you had sent with him, uh, when Nanda Maharaj went back from Mathura, uh, but Krishna stayed back, Krishna sent many jewels and other gifts but they spoke to one another, uh, immersed in an ocean of grief. Oh, how very painful. Krishna now thinks that we want such presence from him and deserve this kind of mercy. Their mood was, only thing they want is just Krishna. They didn't want anything else. But Krishna sent the gift. Uh, as if they wanted that. Therefore, damn our lives and lives and breath that still moves in our throats. And damn Nanda and the cowherd men. They should have left those things behind and instead brought Krishna himself. Uh, they're cursed, they're, they're uh, blaming Nanda Maharaj and other cowherd people. Why did they come back? Taking these gifts, taking these presents, why didn't dump it there? <laughs> because they know these things don't have any value to us. They should have actually brought Krishna here. And what kind of a person they are, they left Krishna behind. As if they don't have any consideration. But Krishna never came and we heard the message you had sent with then Buddha be saying, but you never went there. Instead you sent me with your message. And when uh, that message was conveyed to them, they almost died from disappointment. 
Seeing them so despondent, I made every effort to keep them alive by promising you would surely come back. Then I returned here with the promise that yes, you will go there soon. To attain you, these devotees then renounced all enjoyment of the senses and all material shelter. Please ask your elder brother here what state they are in. From dread of great pain of separation from Krishna, the faces of ladies like Devaki and Rukmini were pale, downcast and full of tears. Looking at the women affectionately, gentle-hearted Krishna quickly gestured for an ink pot and paper. Krishna meant to strengthen the faith of his Braja devotees by sending them a letter filled with loving sentiment and written by his own hand. My dear friend, please know that as soon as I settle the duties before me and satisfy my relatives here, I will return in no time. I'll be there. Uddhava could understand what Krishna was about to do and therefore greatly distressed knowing the inner hearts of the Brajavasis, he cried and begged Krishna to reconsider his plan to go back to Vrindavan. Uddhava said, O Master, please turn your attention to this. Unless your two lotus feet make a blessed journey to Vraja, there is no way to assure that your people of Braja will survive. <clears throat> Those people want nothing but your lotus feet. And Uddhav looked at the, at the face of Balaram, who knew all the tidings of Braja, both past and present, saw that it was covered with tears. Baladev, the son of Rohini, was unable to keep his composure. Remembering Braja and understanding his brother's mood, he began crying without control. But then he managed to speak distinctly. Balaram said, Why speak only about the cows, dear Krishna? All the animals of Braja are your beloved friends. And so also are the birds and the trees like the Bhandira and Kadamba. The grass, the creepers, the lush bushes have all dedicated their lives to you. Now they are all wasting away and so too are the rivers and mountains. Some of the people, dear brother, live only on the hope of your promise were true. Better you not ask to hear more news than this. And then Balaram and Krishna both started to roll on the ground and for a moment lost consciousness, seeing the two lords crying in unprecedented lamentable state, all the residents of the inner palace lost control of themselves and they also started to cry. Rohini, Uddhav, Devaki, Rukmini, Sattvabhama and all others. They all lost control 
and started to sob loudly. When from inside the palace, inside the court, the assembly, Ugrashen and others heard the cry, they wondered what happened, what happened. When the Jadus heard the sound of distress crying, coming from the inner palace, a sound never heard there before, they quickly came running, headed by Vasudev and Ugrasen. The Brahmanas arrived, led by Garga, along with all the other people of the city. And when they saw their beloved master in, the ex in this extraordinary state they had never seen before, they began to cry also overwhelmed. So everyone started to cry, seeing that Krishna and Balaram in that condition. Krishna and Balaram huh, started to cry and they fainted. And <clears throat> so seeing that, they all also started to cry. And in this way, when uh, the sound of Krishna's lamentation with his family members filled the universe, a series of terrible omens quickly ensued. Because forehanded Brahma could not find no one else to explain the cause of these omens, he himself came to see what happened. Brahma arrived there to find out what actually happened. He came there uh, accompanied by Vedas, the Puranas, his personal attendants and various demigods. Brahma found that his own father and spiritual master, the original Narayan, in an unprecedented state, distressed by love for his beloved devotees. Uh, seeing the Lord thusly in this way, Brahma was astonished. For a moment, he also lost gravity and began to cry. Even Brahma started to cry. With difficulty, Brahma brought himself under control and started thinking of how to restore the normal condition. And then he thought of something. Crying at the, he called Garura, and uh, he, but Garuda also was crying and he didn't hear Brahma's call. So Brahma, after a lot of difficulty, caught his attention and called Garuda. And Brahma told Garuda, Garuda, there is another uh, Sri Vrindavan here between Raivata Hill and the sea. There's a mountain, Raivatak mountain, and the ocean. And there, uh, Vishakarma has created another Vrindavan. They're all uh, the statues of Vrindavan, like the, as if it's all Vrindavan. But they all are uh, uh, statues, murtis. So, <coughs> So he, 
So carefully, he told Garuda, carefully take Krishna and Balaram to that place and only Rohini should go with them. No one else should go there with them. Being advised by Brahma in this way, Garuda uh, carried Krishna and Balaram. Balaram at by that time regained consciousness. Balaram regained consciousness and upon arriving in Nava Vrindavan, in New Vrindavan, uh, Balaram gently placed Krishna on a bed. And the gopis and gopas stood around the bed. Like they were there uh, around Krishna's bed. As if they were Krishna's real cowherd men and women. Uddhava came with Devaki there who dearly loved her son and also with Rukmini, Satyabhama and other queens and Padmavati. They simply couldn't leave Krishna in such a state. But Brahma requested them, please don't come here, stay at a distance. And they took up a position distance away from where they could still see Krishna. And Narad Muni, thinking that he has committed an offense, uh, did not accompany the demigods or Jadavas, but <clears throat> instead, with great curiosity, he hid himself in the midst of the sky. Narad Muni hid himself in the sky and from there he is watching what is happening. Then Balaram quickly cleaned Krishna's, his own, fear, own face and that of Krishna's. Then he gently placed a flute in his waist, of, in the waist of Krishna's dhoti, a buffalo horn and a stick in Krishna's hands, a garland of kadamba flower around his neck, a peacock feather ornament on his head and newly fashioned rings of gunja berries on his ears. So, Balaram dressed Krishna up like a cowherd boy. In Dwarka, Krishna was dressed as a, as a prince, but now he is dressed as a... <coughs> Balaram dressed him as a cowherd boy. Uh, thus, having arranged the forest outfit for Krishna with items made by Vishakarma. Vishakarma quickly made those things. Balaram with some effort lifted Krishna and then spoke to him loudly. Krishna, Krishna, my dear brother, get up, get up. Wake up from your sleep. Just see, it is now getting late. The cows are already entering into the forest. Sudama and your other friends have already left and they are waiting for you. And your, your parents are so filled with love that they cannot even speak to you. The gopis are watching your lotus face <coughs> and laughing at, you, laughing at you as they whisper something in one another's ears. <laughs> as if the gopis were talking to each other ears. In this way Balaram filled the scene with talk. 
He called Krishna by his various names, caressed him and dragged him around in his arms until Krishna finally got up and came back to some sort of consciousness. So then Krishna opened his eyes, smiled and quickly looked around. Seeing Nanda in front of him, he felt embarrassed and bowed down to him. Krishna saw Mother Jashoda also standing nearby. Her eyes opened wide and unblinking as if pasted on her face. Laughing in joy, he lovingly spoke. Krishna tells Mother Jashoda, Mother, dear Mother, this morning during my sleep, I saw many amazing things just in just a short moment as if I were awake. I saw that I had gone that I had gone from here to Madhupuri. There I saw wicked men like Kamsa slain, kings like Jarasandha vanquished, and the demigods satisfied. A great city of Dwarka was built on the shore of the ocean and so many other things happened. But now there isn't time enough to tell you about all them, all of those activities. It's because of this long dream distracted me that I didn't get out of the bed on time like every other day. Uh, Krishna is, uh, Krishna is giving excuses why he was so late to wake up and he was saying that he, he was dreaming uh, that he went to Mathura Kamsa has been killed Jarasandha and other demons have been killed a city has been built uh, on, in the, on the ocean in the ocean Dwarka and he says so many things happened I can't tell you uh, but, and then Uh, so then he told Balaram, Dear respected brother, if you don't think this wonderful matter impossible, I'll explain it to you in detail when you go to the forest. Krishna offered his mother proper respect. Then the very expert Rohini sensed that Krishna wanted some food. Rohini was there, so she was acting as if she is there. So, uh, so Krishna wanted some food to take with him to the forest. Rohini told quickly, Dear child, your mother has no other son but you. She was so worried today by your extra sleeping that now she feels a bit ill. So I think we have walked enough, we have talked enough. Uh, so she considered that now Krishna would want to carry some food with me, with him. So he would ask for the food. So she quickly said, Krishna, your mother couldn't cook the food today, prepare the food today for you because she was in such anxiety because you are sleeping till so late that she uh, didn't prepare anything. And <clears throat> the cows and the boys tending them have already gone ahead. You should quickly follow them. I'll prepare some nice refreshment for you and send them to you in the forest. 
Rohini said that I will prepare something and send some food to foreign. Then huh, Krishna offered his respect to Rohini who had spoken to him with such love. Then with a smile on his face like a thief, huh, like a, with a smile on his face like a thief, he just took the butter that was in Mother Jashoda's hand. <laughs> he stole the butter. Like a thief, he stillly took from Mother Jashoda's hand the butter she was holding. He then left to join his old, older brother, calling out his name. Generous Krishna did not eat this butter before reaching the cow because this was not real butter. <laughs> so Krishna, uh, for some reason, didn't eat that. As he continued walking, playing his flute to keep the cows from wandering off, he then came upon Sri Radhika with her girlfriend and spoke to her with witty comments and charming smiles. Krishna told her, told Radhika, O oh mistress of my soul, why don't you speak to me, your devotee, whom you are now met in a secret place? What are you so busy with, my proud lady? How did I offend you, O omniscient one? You must knew everything that happened today in my dream. <laughs> I left you and went elsewhere in a distant place. I married many princesses who had been preparing to end their lives and I fathered sons, grandsons and great-grandsons. <laughs> Krishna is thinking that all this Dwarka pastime was a dream. And he is thinking that Radharani is upset because she knew what was happening to Krishna in his dream. And that's why he, con he called her also omniscient. You're omniscient, so you also know what actually happened to me in that dream. And that's why you are upset with me. Anyway, right now I have to go to the forest. Tonight at dusk, O bestower of satisfaction, we will you will enjoy with me. Having said this, Krishna threw himself a handful of flowers. Uh, Krishna threw a handful of flowers at Sri Radhika. Looked all around and then embraced and kissed her. He then went ahead to meet the cows and cowherd boys. As Devaki saw for the first time how wonderfully and all attractively Krishna was dressed for Braja and how he was playing his flute, milk started flowing from her breasts in great love, even though she was no longer young. Rukmini, Jambavati and other queens, bewildered by an intensity of love they had never felt before, lost their composure, fainted and fell on the ground. <clears throat> Only Kalindi, the daughter of sun god, had seen Krishna like this before. Being very intelligent, she somehow calmed herself down. She and Uddhava grabbed Sattvabhama. Yes, Sattvabhama and Padma Padmavati were 
about to run towards Krishna. But Kalindi stopped them. So in this way, then Krishna then came to the shore of the ocean and he thought it was Jamuna. And uh, he called out the cows uh, and he wanted them to take, drink the water from Jamuna. And he told his friends, Sudama, Sidama, Sidama, Subal, Arjun, uh, and invited them, come, uh, let's play in the water of Jamuna, in the cool water of Jamuna. Then when Krishna looked around on the sea coast, he noticed his own great city visible in the distance. 